0: You're listening to Muscles to the Masses, the podcast. We're covering muscles, of course, all kinds of movement, recovery, and fitness. I'm your host, Julie Reed. I'll bring information you can trust from new-to-you sources. Today, I'm chatting with the CEO of Beauty of Strength, Candace Smith. Candace has over 10 years in the fitness industry, coaching women to sustainable health and fitness. She's a certified personal trainer, health coach, and certified precision nutrition coach. She helps women get strong, quit all the diets, and learn to love themselves from the inside out. Originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan, she currently resides in an RV with her husband and pup traveling the country. She has a thing for the ocean and leisure walking. She believes that if you can move a grain of sand a day, eventually you will move a mountain. Her philosophy is focused on empowering you to be the best version of yourself, with sustainability and consistency as the name of the game. Candace and I get into her cross-country RV lifestyle, her favorite pooling movements, and why she's trying to leave her phone at home. Oh, and you don't want to miss what she's going to tell someone visiting from outer space. Candace, thank you for being here. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for having me here today. Um, you and your husband have been traveling across the country for over a year. Maybe you can tell me how long um, that actually started. Tell us how it started, how it's going. What made the, like, how did you make the decision to pack up and, and get going? Well,
1: awesome. We uh, started this journey. Uh, it'll be actually it's been a little bit over a year. We started last April. Uh, We pulled out from Austin, Texas, and kind of started our journey there, Florida, and then we visited to Florida, then we visited some family in the north, where I'm at currently right now, and then we headed to Alaska, and then traveled all around uh, the coast, the west coast, um, and back to Florida right now, well, kind of, temporarily. We decided to do this um, because... We both love to travel, and we always wanted to do something like this. And we just it came the opportunity. My husband's job became remote, and he was like, "This is the perfect time to do it." All my business is online as well. It just the opportunity presented itself. Sold everything that we could.
0: We were renting at the time in Austin, so it was perfect. And here we are. <laughs> That's incredible. And so, as a fitness professional, what? Fitness equipment made the cut, and how did you make that tough, tough decision?
1: <laughs> that is funny because if it was up to me, <laughs> <we would've moved. laughs> if I could get everything, you no, know. but oh, uh, because we had a full like gym mm-hmm. uh, set up in our garage, so I was training clients as well while, while I was in Austin and in Florida. Kind of so we moved from Florida to Austin, we also moved the gym there too, and then so. Um, I gave some stuff away, sold some stuff, and put um a few things like our squat rack. We had a hammer strength squat rack, uh, a cable machine which we sold. Um, but uh, so we couldn't bring the big things obviously, but we brought some dumbbells, kettlebells, which are one of my favorite things, and uh, some bands, uh, TRX, some sandbags, um, USB sandbags. Yeah, I think that's about it. And uh, kind of been adding a few things here and there that's
0: not too heavy to our uh, fitness equipment um, bank. And so when you're on the road, you look for gyms in the area to join as short term members or find day passes? Or do you oh, work, yeah. work outdoors? How does that work? I do both. Um, outdoors, we train right at our RV.
1: And if anybody's been following me on Instagram and seeing my stories, we uh, do a lot of training outside right at our RV. And then, when we can, we get in the gym because I do love training in the gym as well. And what we do is get, uh, yeah, like a week pass or a two week pass, depending you know, on how long we're at our location for. Mm-hmm. And then also get uh, the option to train. Um, we stay on a lot of military bases because my husband is uh, retired military. Um, so we get access to um, oh, the gyms that are on base. So that's always awesome. And they always have a ton of equipment, everything that you need to train with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so mm-hmm. cool. To be trying all these different
1: places. Right. Right. It, it is awesome. And I love that, too, that part, because you get to go in and see what different gyms have and get to play around. The gym is like a playground to me.
0: Well, so how does that factor into the kind of training program that you yourself are on and, and what you write for your clients? Uh, well, the, for my clients, it would
1: be uh, based on what equipment they have. Some of my clients train at home, some train in the gym. So I'll write a program according to what they need, uh, what equipment they have, and what their goals are. As far as myself, I'm kind of training myself right now. I have had coaches in the past. I believe that coaches need coaches too. When I need a little um, extra oomph, I usually hire somebody or buy someone else's um,
0: program. And so what is your training like now that you're writing your own stuff? Um, it's a
1: mixture of a little bit of mixture of everything I incorporate hypertrophy training uh, functional fitness um, kettlebells um, do a lot of barbell work dumbbells I don't really discriminate I really love the barbell though (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it's kind of just a variety Uh, a little shorter workout trying to get in and out so I'm visiting family so I don't usually do my longer workouts and Mm -hmm. like I've pull out sometimes some kettlebell workouts where I've bought a few people in the industries like DIY type thing. So when yeah. I can't have my typical hour-ish workout, I certainly do like which I preach all the time about adapting your workouts to like shorter 20, 30, maybe 40 minute workouts where you don't when you don't have your normal time to get a normal workout in. Right. whatever normal looks like for you when you have more time to spend.
0: So you'll take somebody else's program that you've purchased online and then adapt it to the timing that you have, the equipment that you have. That's really cool. How do you, how do, you do that? Like, what are your, what's your thought process in adapting movements? Can you kind of walk us through that?
1: Yeah. So if, if I don't have, like, if it's a barbell program or something that I purchased, I would take, and whatever equipment I have, I would adjust it to dumbbells. I have a few sets of dumbbells. Um, even kettlebells, I'll I'll use in place of like say there's a military press, so then I'll use um, kettlebells in place of that, or I'll adjust the rep ranges to fit what what equipment I have, or we'll shorten the time. If I know it's a little hourish workout, I may pull and pick out you know a few things, or just shorten it. What can I get done in thirty minutes? Just being flexible with the programming
0: and not you don't have to be married to exactly what it says on the paper right so you're using it kind of as a framework and guidance for what you're going to be doing that day yep yep and also if i'm not using those i mean i've been training for over 10 years so
1: um i can easily do an all body i know what to do as far as that goes for all body you know keep the um, compound lifts is the focus usually Um, In my training all the time. And then, of course, accessory work. When I'm really short on time, I circuit things. um, And I'm sure you're familiar with like rest-based style training from JT to Joe Coleman, which I'll use that because you're still using weights and um, you're getting that cardio and strength
0: effect in one workout. Let's talk more about, you mentioned two things that I want to go over again. Compound Mm -hmm. movements, three things, accessory movements and rest-based training. So why don't you Mm -hmm. tell us what a compound movement is and how it's different than an accessory movement? Compound movements are movements that
1: recruit multiple uh, muscles at once, like a squat, a deadlift, a pull-up, press, any hinging movement, which is like a deadlift those are usually first because they call give you more bang for your buck and in your in the beginning of your workout so i like to do those first accessories would be like single joint exercises mm-hmm. like you would spend maybe some time like shoulders i love training shoulders but i will do the military press first because that's calling all your muscles and playing your shoulders and some of your back muscles um like i would do the isolation type stuff the Single joint stuff like uh, lateral raises or front raises towards the end. Mm-hmm. So that's like a set of some accessory moves. And then, oh, rest based training yeah. is the idea that you push until you can't and rest until you can go again. So okay. you're still challenging yourself with a uh, moderate to heavy weight that's set for you for your fitness level. So you'll have you'll, you 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 choose the weight that you use for that, and you. Train just as you would do with any other thing, but you are shorter on time, so you less rest, less pacing, but you get to make your rest, period. Mm-hmm. So I really like that when I'm really um, short on time. I try to complete as many rounds as I can in 20 or 30 minutes, but still with good form. So okay. when you say do as many reps, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, go, 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 it <laughs> is go, but it still has parameters. It's not about being sloppy and pushing for you. You can't feel your arms, your legs, whatever. You're still doing quality rep training with a load that you can handle and resting a little bit less than normal, but
0: resting when you need it. I like that. <laughs> as much work as you can get done with good form in yep. as little time as possible. <laughs> right. Last month, you had a post about bent over rows and you said to double down or really triple down on posterior chain exercises. What do you? Let's go first into what the posterior chain is, and then you can talk about why you say that. Well, the posterior chain is all your muscles really
1: along your backside—the muscles that we don't see: back, upper back, lower back, glutes, leg, back, hamstrings. We tend to be as you know, a lot of people tend to train the front because that's what they see uh, more often than not. So we tend to do more chest work, more shoulder work, front shoulders. And then versus the back and our back is so important because it helps with our posture, how we stand, um, our back health. Yeah. like the three to one or or two to one. Um, when it comes to that chain your back in all planes, vertical, horizontal dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, bands, you can't go wrong with doing more back work.
0: Yeah. I think that's really great. If you, if you have this goal of doing two or three times the front, you'll at least get enough in <laughs> than if you were just saying do them one-to-one.
1: Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, do, yeah, do a little bit more. Maybe do two chest exercises,
0: do three back ones, you know, or something <laughs> yeah. along
1: that line. So mm-hmm. what, are,
0: what are some of your favorite rowing variations vertically and horizontally? Well, uh, if you know me, I love pull-ups. So mm-hmm. I'm always doing those. I love bent over rows with the
1: barbell and dumbbells. I love doing single uh, arm stuff, single arm rows, cable rows. Uh, I like doing band pull-apart. I've actually been really enjoying sumo rows because you get some more core recruitment in those. Yeah, I like them all. It's so hard for me to pick one. If I just had to pick one, I would say pull-ups, but there's more to develop the back besides just using
0: pull-ups. Right. Well, let's kind of go with that because there are so many people who want to get a pull-up. What is your go-to strategy with clients for helping them achieve their pull-ups? One, the focus is the pull-up, but also just getting
1: strong in general, Mm -hmm. Uh, training all your muscles um, around learning how to pull your body through gravity. I uh, teach with the band. I teach with negative, the slow centric, coming down, hold. In inverted rows is a big. We start there. Practice hanging from the bar. I try to steer clear of the assisted machine because I don't think it really teaches you to pull your body weight properly.
0: It sounds like you have your clients practice in all phases of of the pull up at the bottom where they're hanging. You got to get that. Yep. You got to get the top where they're hanging in the bent arm hang, and then you have to practice the whole slow way down in order to train that movement pattern
1: yep yep and another thing i like using too is uh where you put one foot on the box so you kind of got some assistance there or you can also i enjoy doing or teach them how to do it from a smith machine where their feet is on the ground and you're just pulling up the upper body and trying to use less leg assistance on the way back up so tell us more what do you call those if I wrote it, when I write them in a program, I would demo it and put Smith Machine Assisted full up. Yeah, I
0: always have <laughs> trouble naming those. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I like that. Can you give us a visual? What does that look like when you're, when you're doing that? Set the bar to where your arms are straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but your feet are on the ground and you're kind of in a bent knee
1: position and then you're pulling yourself up again i would say still go kind of slow because i'm mm-hmm. training and working those muscles from the bottom up yeah and then again slowly lower yourself down we could also do it with uh the cadence just being regular too but i think teaching people to slow down because when they're going too fast they tend to
0: use their arms more than their back muscles and so it's kind of like a pull up with bent legs and the floor is the assist. Yes, and wow. your legs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what, what kind of rep ranges would do you program for pull ups for people? Well, usually on the lower
1: end. Because
0: mm-hmm. um, I think you get up
1: past, I would say you know, between four to eight, four to mm-hmm. six, maybe. Uh, I think when we get too high, then we start to, you know, may get sloppy. I just want them to focus on the lower reps versus the higher reps because one, we just want to start with getting you one because pull-ups are very, uh, can be, you know, very challenging.
0: Uh, aside from pull-ups, what is the general goal that you hear from clients and how do you help them achieve it? The general, they come to
1: you first. Most of the time, most of our clients come with, you know, wanting to lose weight
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, we, and get strong. I mean, I have women showing up that are over dieted, you know, tired of dieting, tired of losing the same weight, and same weight over and over. So my goal is to teach them how to lift weights and why the benefit of that goes with losing weight and the folk change your focus from just what the scale says to your body change body composition, and, which is, you know, losing fat and maintaining as much muscle as you can through, a calorie deficit. Over usually overdieted women are um, tending to show up.
0: And has your training and precision nutrition's program helped you helped you with your clients like that? I noticed that you have definitely a habit based approach to nutrition, hydration, sleep, movement. You kind of put it all together. Yes, the habit based, the starting there because if I'm getting a person that has dieted
1: and tried every diet under the sun and been on them and lost weight and gained weight. They really, generally, don't know how to eat for themselves. They're, they're, you know, scared to to try something to di- different. You know, hold on to the diet for so long, but I end up showing them that if we can focus on these components, you know, protein with every meal, vegetables with with many meals, half your plate, and then we'll focus on filling in the carbohydrates, fats, based on your personal preference. So it's kind of like we're tag teaming and working along with each other. Um, I do do macro-based approach as well, depending on the client and what their history is and um, how they are with or where they came from as far as diets go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's case-by-case basis. And when I do macro-based, it's still um, not in a diet and mentality type way. It's a way in the, just to show you because I think some tracking can help folks see uh, where they're at and what's going on.
0: How does, tell us a little bit bit more on what it means to have the macro approach. Well, to me, it is just
1: making sure you're hitting your components and your protein, your carb back. In that aspect, if I'm setting somebody's numbers up, um, I would give them, you know, based on their activity level, their fitness, um, their age, you know, all that type stuff, how much protein they should be consuming. Um, But carbs and fats, but this type of person has mastered kind of like the level one of the basics and nutrition, the protein with every meal, vegetables with every meal, the habit-based stuff. And then we want to get a little bit more precise, then we will move into a macro-based coaching where it with specific numbers.
0: Can you give us an example of what kind of macronutrients we should be eating in general, or, or, or give us an overview of the three macronutrients and around how much somebody, uh, should be eating?
1: Well, I don't really don't have specific numbers, but we can certainly <laughs> talk about protein, carbs, and fats. Those yeah. are our macro, macro meaning huge, a lot that not actually a lot, but you know, it's macro. So mm-hmm. it's, we need those abundantly in our diet. And it, everyone that follows me knows that I talk about that, that it's, important to have those all of those in your diet for health reasons for sanity reasons um, protein <laughs> is one of the number one satiating macros and even if you don't count macros you're still eating them so it's important to know <laughs> like i teach what you know protein and fat those get mingled all our foods do have a component of one to two or all three is a mm-hmm. component to one item, you know. But like peanut butter is not protein, it's a fat. Teaching those, breaking it down without even worrying about numbers, um, teaching what a protein and a carbon and a fat. And I think a lot of women don't understand or know what those are. So that's another thing that that I make sure. That my women that I work with know that that what that is because it's so important. If you know what you're
0: eating, how it works in your body, it helps to start to build that better relationship with food. So you mentioned peanut butter as a fat. Can you explain why that is? Um, because it is. Uh, well, if you turn it around, the simplest way to put, look at your
1: jar to mm-hmm. know, understand where proteins and carbs and fat fall. Which one falls under under the category? There's more fat in peanut butter. Than protein, it, it has it, but it is not a complete protein. Mm-hmm. Whereas a piece of chicken or steak, fish, uh, quinoa is a grain and a protein, but it is one of the grains that's a complete protein. That's how I usually explain to someone where peanut butter falls. I mean, and there's every there's. I don't work with a lot of vegetarians and stuff, so I can't speak to that. But I know there's many ways to get protein versus not just meat. But that's my forte. What's
0: your favorite way to prepare meat?
1: Uh, I like it grilled or baked. Of, uh, not necessarily a lot. I do a lot of poultry. I do steak, eggs, Greek yogurt is another good protein source. I really don't discriminate on the meat. I love
0: meat. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely also know that you are pro-carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I come from
1: a restrictive when I started, you know, got into health and fitness, like most probably, you know, go really hard on their diets, be really strict and restrictive. And I had a time that I had cut carbs all the way out and had a really um, bad relationship with food in general. And then I slowly come to learn over the years that it doesn't have to be as restrictive as it is if you're trying to lose weight or lose mm-hmm. fat is, you know, and that's what the diet industry promotes extremism. Um, and one of the things they say is carbs are bad. Next thing, next bad is bad. Or, you know, well, what can he eat, you know? Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) So, um, and I just, as an athlete, as a person that works out that carbs are a number one fuel source, um, I believe that they help, they, they are very satiating. It's just the right type of carbs that we need to eat more of. So yeah, it just, I really enjoy carbs. Uh, They help me perform better. They help me think clearly. I mean, I like I said, I've been on a no car before and you know, it's just a state of fog and low energy for me. Some people do better with more, some people do with moderate and some people with less. That's individual. Right. Uh and, and it's important for you to figure that out versus just going cold turkey, um, or cutting them, you know, yeah, cold turkey, be cutting them completely out. Um, so that's that's kind of my stance on on, on carbs. They they are villainized so bad, but it's really not the, the
0: whole issue or the whole picture. Like you said before, they're macro. <laughs> they're part yes. of the <laughs> Yes, yes. All right, we're going to switch gears a little bit. One of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because one thing that really draws me to you is that you always look like you're having a really great time. <laughs> how, how do you manage that? And does the philosophy that you put out a few weeks ago do more things that make you put down your phone help with that? Yes, yes, we are on our phone so much, you know, I just think that
1: there's always, uh, I feel like I can find something to smile about, even on bad days. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just kind of my philosophy. You know, all is never lost. There's always good in something. And just to switch back to the phone thing is that we, I mean, even myself, we miss out on so much because our heads are always down. You know, we say we don't have time to take a walk, take a workout or have time to do a workout. But if we added up our our minutes of phone time or screen time or what have you, we could probably get a little bit more done and be more productive if we didn't have so much screen time cut back a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you noticed that since you and your husband left for your RV adventure that your outlook on life has changed at all?
1: Yeah, I would say that yeah just kind of I've always been like kind of like this travel this free spirited, just be wanting to be out and be more active more uh out in the elements Mm because before I probably I mean I've always liked walking but now it's like every day I mean of course it might help with the environment that I'm in a lot of RV parks with the woods around me so it's it's a little bit more like oh get up and go out you know take a break from work Because, as you know, we sit at our computers a lot, you know, doing online business. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I would say, and I think I kind of got off on this tangent.
0: I I just wanted to know if when you started your RV adventure, if your life really changed.
1: I would say, no, it's about the same. I mean, it's different living in uh, 400 square feet, but (laughs) that part took some adjusting. But um, it's still, you know, it's still just living in a tiny home, as you call it right
0: um moving a little bit more than um normal um but that's by choice at the end of all of my podcasts i'm asking uh everybody the same thing i'm calling it the lightning round questions uh so I'll, i will start with you with the first question what is okay. the most memorable thing that you have ever eaten now julie i've been thinking about this all morning <laughs> <laughs>
1: And yesterday actually because I read your email later yeah. on in the evening I was busy and I was like what is the most memorable thing I love food so much and I know you do too yes I do, I do. <laughs> and oh gosh I really could
0: I really not pick up one okay um is there something that you eat frequently that you that you make because you love it so much yes I would say steak a really really good steak Mm -hmm.
1: oh most memorable I got one now (laughs) (laughs) as it's it's brewing Um, king crab from Alaska oh yeah the first time I ever had it uh, it was to die for my um, husband is um, was born and raised in Alaska and um, one of our first holidays together his father sent us crab king Mm -hmm. crab from there from Alaska Every since then, like um, we have it, not all the time. Maybe um, we kind of get it now. It's kind of a traditional Christmas. It don't always come from Alaska, but um we get it, and so it's like one one of my most memorable
0: meals. The first, you know, the first time I had it. So. Right. That sounds very special. Mm-hmm. Second question: What are the big three people, books, or podcasts that have been influential to you? It doesn't have to be about fitness, but it can be. I would say.
1: There's been a lot of people in my life that it's so hard to name all of them that have been pretty influential in my life. Um, Just in general right now, like just people, women in the industry, other fitness pros that are leading the way, blazing the way, um, doing things differently, helping women um, get out of the diet culture and the diet mentality, um, just be more, take a face. Um, Just anybody that's doing that kind of thing, they have really uh, influenced me. Um, myself, I've influenced myself, like churning away from diets and helping women, teaching them through, through, um, that I Would say also my faith, I'm a Christian. Um, so that really, uh, has a lot of, uh, bearing on me and how I serve and how I help people. Podcasts. I love them. So many to name, uh, I just off the top of my head, um, and would be, um, Jill Coleman and, uh, Danny Jays. I love theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, um, listening to them get so many gems. Joe Coleman's been my, uh, business coach before. See, I had I kicked out three podcasts and I'm drawing
0: a blank on them. <laughs> well, we'll get, we can come back. If someone came to earth from another planet, what is one thing you'd tell them? Gosh,
1: it's <laughs> another one I was thinking about
0: to pay it forward to be kind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, We need more goodness in the world. So hopefully, whoever this is coming from another planet, they're ready to do some good here. Good, good, (laughs) nice. Yeah. And um, I opened up my podcast app. (laughs) Oh, perfect. So many. Um. Oh, Jay Tita. I really love his podcast because it's all you know nutrition and fitness, um, and, he just, and they're short and quick, and he's just dropping so many knowledge bombs about nutrition and fitness. Um, another um, one is I like the Confidence Project. Um, so yeah, just so many to name. I probably I have so many more, but you asked for three, so. <laughs> that's
0: right. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So Candace, thank you so much for being on the Muscles to the Masses podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It was really great speaking with you on stuff that I love. Thanks for tuning in to Muscles to the Masses, the podcast. To support Candice, check out her one-on-one signature coaching program, Stronger You Fat Loss Coaching. I'll let her tell you about it. All righty. It is a one-on-one
1: coaching program for women who are so fed up with the dieting cycle. Losing and gaining the same weight over and over, so um, I like to get in there and work with them through um, habit-based coaching, um, getting them back to um, some of the things I kind of talked on the podcast, learning um, about protein, carbs, fat, how they can, how all three can serve them well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, strength training is the foundation. I believe wholeheartedly in that. Uh, lifting weights, as I call it, lifting the things, transforms you from the inside out. Um, So it's pretty much uh, that in nutshell: fitness and nutrition coaching
0: uh, for women that are uh, sick and tired of the diet
1: culture, the diet mentality.
0: If you'd like to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes, tell a friend or buy a butt bag at MuscleToTheMasses.com.